Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? Because it's dark outside where I am. And yet here, it's still light. So I'm fine this evening afternoon, Dan. Thank so you. So happy to finally be back in the evening when we're having this podcast. It's so exciting to me because you know what? You're a match, Ken. What is this all about? I knew it when we met each other a few years ago, Dan, that we'd be a match for each other, that we'd be friends for life. We were binge watching over the past week or so a reality show called Indian Matchmaking. And it's a story of Seema from Mumbai. And she is a matchmaker. And every show begins with a couple coming out and sitting down and talking to the camera and telling us their story. And it usually goes something like this. We had 5, 10, or 15 minutes together for the interview. And that was it. And we've been together 25, 30, 35, 40, 45 years. And the thing that just really stood out was like the happiness and the joy that people radiate. Now, this isn't to gloss over that there aren't any problems with arranged marriages. I, I don't want to delve into that. I, I know they exist. And the show was even like criticized for, you know, not, not stepping into that as fully as it could. But there's something that can be learned from this. And what it was for me by the end was each one of these matches was made based on family, not on individuals and a laundry list. Must be between six and six two feet tall. Must have a doctoral degree. A master's won't do. You know, must be able to speak three foreign languages. Just speaking two languages won't be enough. This the list of criteria that sometimes people get into is extraordinary. And as the matchmaker always says on the show, Seema always says, you know, if you can get 60, 70% of the things that you want, that's great. Life is a compromise. Marriage is a compromise. Relationships are compromise. And the base, the bottom line for it all is. Is it a good family? Do they share your values, right? So these matches were made based on values, based on families wanting to be with each other and build a bigger, more enlarged family. And I mean that in terms of adding numbers with new kids, but also just bringing families together for mutual support and love and affection. And there was something beautiful about that as we thought about it. Like, what if we approach life more from that space? If we came at it from these foundational values of love and mutual respect and integrity and honor and things like that, and we spent less time fixated on 
the tiny little details that sometimes trip us up. And I was thinking about that for relationships, in terms of romantic relationships, for friendships. There's something kind of lovely about not being in agreement with somebody on everything. There's something kind of wonderful about being complementary and not a duplicate of another person. I like to say all that matters in life is life. The rest is just details because I feel that, like you were saying, we get into the differences writing these little details when the big things are what actually matters. So many ways I could go with this. One of the thoughts I had was, I think it was like a Hillary Clinton statement from like 30 years ago. She's like, it takes a village, right? Almost like a bunch of us need to come together to like support each other and help each other and things like that. Anyway, um, it also reminded me of a show called Wife Swap. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or have seen it. You could look it up. I'm sure there are YouTube videos related to this old show, but it's not the way you think it would be Wife Swap because you don't get together with the other wife, but she would step into the role um, of the wife for your family while, you know, like you switch places with two families. And it was just interesting to see how some families were like, holy cow, sounds bad, but like this mom, this wife is so much better. Like whether it was the organization or just the way she, or like her temperament or whatever. And then obviously like sometimes it was the opposite. They're like, oh my gosh, they had an appreciation for their original spouse or mother if it was the children to go, wow, we really appreciate how much our mom or my wife does because now seeing the comparative difference between this, it was just really interesting, the dynamic of that. So that would made me think of it when you were talking about the show you watched. Um, but ultimately, uh, it reminded me of a book that I wrote and never published and uh, had many titles. One of the titles was The Soulmate Success System. And here's the truth. I don't actually believe there's a soulmate, meaning like that there's one specific person. I think a lot of people could match up. But with this, to summarize it really briefly, um, I said, if you made a list of everything you wanted a, a spouse, that you could then narrow down your list or, or grade your list would be a better example of A's, B's, and C's. A's were absolutes, like you must have. B's were breakable things, like things like habits that you could break, like smoker, non-smoker, et cetera. And C's was communication and compromise. I may have said this in a previous podcast, but the point of the story is simple, is that what really matters is just the small number, and this may be three, it may be five, of A's or absolutes. And those were almost always like morals, values, religious beliefs, political affiliation, whatever it is, the things that you would not want to change about a person. And like that person says on the show you watch, in my opinion, if you have that, and I think you should have an attraction to the person, then the rest is just details. The rest is almost like the areas that make things amazing because you have differences, right? You have things that you can learn from each other. You have almost like the things that could cause both arguments and also compromise where you get to say like, ah, I don't see it your way, but I'll, you know, I'll accept you the way you are, or I'll give that a try, even though I have no idea why that's interesting to you or you like doing that. So um, yes, I think when you break it down, life is not the way we look at the little details. It's more about the big things, the absolutes. And if we can just focus there, I think a lot more of us can be a match for each other. And I agree. I think, uh, A, you should publish the book. And B, uh, there's something interesting about the, the markers in relationship when I think about this show. Like, 
right now, if you meet somebody, you date, you go out, most people are going to have sex before they get married. Um, they're going to like get to know each other. They're, they're going to try to like figure everything out, but they're figuring it out without commitment. They're just figuring it out. It's like, you know, I'm going to sample everything about this person and make a decision outside of the context of commitment. And then we'll see what happens. And in fact, one of the women on there said to, to Seema, the matchmaker, auntie, said, can you find me a boyfriend? And she said, I don't find boyfriends. I find husbands. Like, if you're looking for a boyfriend, just, you know, go out for an evening and meet somebody. You can find a boyfriend. That's not hard for somebody who's, you know, attractive, intelligent, fun. You can go do that. But I find somebody that's going to be your husband. And most of these folks, when they talked about having been together for so long after having literally, for some of them, spent five minutes with each other, what they said was, once you got married, like the commitment was made, your families were linked, you were linked. And now we had to figure all this stuff out that we currently figure out now in advance of marriage. They had to figure it out after having made that commitment. They were in it. And so they had to work stuff out. It's like, I don't agree with you on that. I don't like the way you do that. Great. Where's the compromise? How can we get along in this? How can we make it work? And, you know, I, again, I, I don't know what divorce rates are. I don't know any of those things. So I'm, I, I'm speaking in, in somewhat general terms, but there was something interesting about if you make the commitment and then like, don't give yourself an option other than we're going to work this out. We're going to make it work. The stories that they told were stories of growing to love each other, of, of growing in understanding for one another, of appreciating each other's differences and appreciating that they weren't alike and that they complemented each other, but they weren't just carbon copies of each other. And, and it's that commitment, Dan, that, that thing where it's like, no, we're in it. We made a commitment or our parents made a commitment for us, but we got married. And, and now we're not going to give ourselves a way out. And we're going to figure out how to solve this, how to have a great life together, how to live beautifully with each other. And at least for the ones that were showcased on this show, uh, it worked. My son asked me a silly question, but... Let's just go with it. He said something like, would you get divorced if you knew it wasn't a sin and we're Catholic? And so I said, no, I don't want to get divorced. And so he, he, in his mind, he's almost thinking like, well, you wouldn't get divorced because you're not allowed to, or that's a sin to get divorced in the, in the Catholic faith. Um, but the point I think he was trying to make, and I was trying to go along with is uh, I've heard more than one person talk about the inevitability of divorce before they even get married, which to me is like, it's super sad, but they go, well, that 50 50 shot at best that this will even work so we'll make it work as long as we can and it's like you're going in with the end in mind instead of this forever commitment so to me that's super sad um but with all that said i would love to see the stats and if only there was a this thing called the internet we could look up the actual stats and know them but i would imagine it's like super low i bet if you continue to break it down you would see it's like 51% of marriages end in divorce. But if you come from a family of parents that never got divorced, that number keeps going down, right? And it's like, if you are also religious, 
it goes down. And then, you know, so if your religion believes, doesn't not believe in divorce, you know, it gets even smaller and et cetera, et cetera. Like, uh, I think somebody once saw a stat of like, um, kids who commit crimes and it was something like if they're from a family that's together and all these like statistics of if you went to high school or blah, 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 and the order in which things happen. Anyway, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that there's almost something to be said about arranged marriages where I've never been in a culture that has them. The, the part that I could see as the positive, I think we were going down this path is they go into it with the belief that this is forever, but connected to that is they know they have shared values because in the case of let's say Indian people, they're most likely the same religion and they're from the same country or area of the world, right? Same cultural background. Um, and I think, so they match up, they going into it already matching up on the big things. And so, and they know they have to work through because there's no out, right? So if they're like, if we're in this forever and the big things we align on, we'll work through the small things. Like the rest of these details will work themselves out because we don't have an escape plan. There's no out clause here. And, and I believe that's how almost like everybody should like approach a commitment. But funny enough, in every other commitment except for marriage, I think people should break that down to a one-day commitment. I had a hypnosis session with somebody and their thing they were working to overcome was sugar. And uh, sugar was, let's say, like their addiction or their drug. And it was a daunting thought to think, am I really never going to have sugar the rest of my life? And of course, it's like, no. But today, this one day, you can make a commitment to not having sugar, right? And that's the same approach that alcoholics take of one day at a time. It's that today, I choose to be sober, right? So um, whatever commitment you make, uh, if it's the lifelong commitment, say, of a marriage, or whether it's the one-day commitment of not doing something or starting a new habit, um, just make sure that you don't give yourself a gray area or an out clause. Um, make it very binary, like that on-off switch, right? Like, nope, it's that switch is off today. I am not drinking alcohol. That switch is off. I will not consider another relationship or leaving this relationship. And don't allow there to be that choice. I think the moment choice enters the picture where there's another route and out, that that is where we we don't look at little things as what they are. We look at them as the deal breakers, the thing that it's like, ah, I would have, but. So make a commitment and hold true and make it a binary choice where it's on or off and that commitment you could hold true to. So one thing I would add to that, and I think it's just important to say out loud, you know, if, if anyone is in a relationship that's like abusive, I mean, that to me is you want to exit that. If there's abuse in a relationship, you want to get out, get safe, make sure your kids are safe if you have any. So let's just, let's just make sure we get that thing said. That, that having, that having been said though, man, I agree. There's, there is something about a commitment to an outcome and the outcome is we're going to have a happy, healthy marriage. We're going to be together forever. Uh, there is something about that, even if you don't know how, and especially if you don't know how, where you're forced to work together on a daily basis to figure stuff out, to solve for differences, to celebrate those differences that you have, and to make them be a strength and not be seen as 
a weakness. But what, what you started with that, you know, 50%, roughly 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I've heard this more times than I can count from friends who are considering marriage. Well, half and half, you know, it'll work or it won't. We got a shot. It might work. It won't. If it doesn't, we get divorced. We move on. And, and as soon as that gets said out loud, something changes. Something changes. Like you walk in and it's almost as if if the going gets tough, I can always just punch out. I don't have to take the time to go within to figure out what in myself I can improve, I can change, or how I can be honest with my with my spouse and talk about what he or she um, might look at because of the way that it's affecting me. It just makes it easier. And as a result of that, I don't think people try as hard. And so I, I just second what you said, Dan, to make that kind of a commitment and to stay in it with each other. Start always with that basic premise, though. Do we have the foundation that we can build on? Is there mutual respect, integrity, honor? Those, those essential pieces there. If we have that, we can work through the fact that you're 6'1 instead of 6'2. We can work through the fact that you have a master's degree and not a PhD. We'll figure that stuff out. That's going to be okay. Uh, give yourself the opportunity to succeed and to actually make a go of whatever it is that you're committed to without giving yourself an immediate out. And I'll finish with this. Utilize a digital filter. So in this digital world we live in with dating apps and job posts online, and nobody's doing the old school, like look through the newspaper for a job or looking at a billboard, right? And seeing what's available. Everything is filterable. And um, it normally took our brain to filter. We'd have to like sit there and manually read through, let's say each job description or look through each dating profile if you had something available to you like that. Um, now we have the ability to pre-filter. We can decide what those important things are. So we'll stick with the dating thing for a second. It's those absolutes for you, whatever they are, right? And then you just getting clear and say, okay, if if three things are deal breakers for me, that might lead to that being the statistic of divorce, right? And you're looking to date to eventually be in a relationship you can get married to, then simply make sure that you're filtering. So you never see the people that don't align with those, let's say three absolutes that you must have. Literally just put them in and they just won't even show you those people. You'll never swipe right on somebody just for their attraction to you because they've already filtered out those people because they don't align with, let's say your big three. So use that filtering. The same thing applies, let's say for a job. Um, there are things that make people miserable in a job. It's why you have the great resignation. You have all these people just being miserable or burnt out. It's because they can pinpoint, they can say, this is the thing about this job that frustrates me. This is the thing about this job that makes me never want to go into the office, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're looking for your next job, let the filtering be done digitally, right? Like if, if it's important you to work from home, then make sure you check that box that you're only going to consider and look at jobs that are work from home. Then you won't be swayed by the other pieces that may be enticing, just like a good looking person would be enticing and cause you to swipe right. You won't even see those jobs. Make that the filtering. So what it filters in to your viewpoint to give you a fair shot are only the things that line up for you with your absolutes. Thank you for listening. To learn more, 
check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.